0: Welcome to Barry Aftercare, the podcast. This is episode number 11, hanging on or letting go of an unhealthy relationship with food. Have you ever known a person in an abusive relationship with another human being? Did you ever wonder the reasons they might stay in a relationship where their self-esteem is being damaged? You probably can't imagine remaining in a relationship in which your physical, social, and emotional health are constantly being threatened and eroded. And yet, think about the fact that so many people remain in an unhealthy relationship with food in which their self-esteem is battered and their physical, social, and emotional health are threatened and eroded. What are the reasons? People are able to leave unhealthy relationships. It often requires help, but it can be done. Are you choosing to hang on to an unhealthy relationship with food? Or are you ready to let go? Listen and give this some serious thought. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. Be sure to check out the entire Berry Aftercare program for successful post-op living At www.berryaftercare.com. Now let's get on with this awesome topic. Hi, and welcome to Berry Aftercare. I'm really excited about continuing where we left off last week. We were talking about the relationship with food, and I was encouraging people to write a letter to food. Now on Thursday, on the Berry Aftercare program, I did a video in which I read a couple of people's actual letters to food. And it was really, really eye-opening for people who commented on the videos, letting them know that they hadn't been able to really make that connection until they heard these letters. So I hope that you ventured into the pen and paper or keyboard and computer screen and and wrote a letter to food. And if you still haven't done that, I really want to encourage you to do that because it's a very, very powerful and insight, insight, what's the word? It will help you develop some insight into what your relationship with food is about as though it were a relationship with another human being. So I'm going to continue this discussion this week because it's a really important one because our relationships with food have been with us for forever. And for many people, maybe since we were really, really young, the relationship that we have with food has been less than healthy, less than one that nourishes our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. For some people, it's become an absolute horrifying relationship. And for me, it was a very horrifying, difficult, traumatizing relationship, my relationship with food for a period of time. And what I want you to know is that absolutely correlated to the difficulties I was having in my life and my relationship with myself and other people at the time. But today I'm going to talk about this abusive boyfriend that I had in college. And you'll see where I'm going with this and how it relates to your journey and your relationship with food in just a minute. So bear with me. But I had this boyfriend in college who turned out to be abusive. And of course, I didn't know that he was going to be abusive when I met him. In fact, I knew very little about relationships, healthy or otherwise. But, you know, when I did start to notice the little telltale signs of control, and of course, I didn't have those words either at the time, but I knew that what was going on was not like I saw in other people's relationships. And it was nothing like I had ever experienced before, but I denied them. This guy would drive me to work. He would pick me up from work. I had my own car. I didn't need him to transport me to and from work. He dropped me off of campus and he'd pick me up from campus, which I thought was a little, little odd, right? And over some time, he would start to make comments about other males, you know, in a kind of a jealous way. He would insist that somehow I was hooking up with these guys, even though. Remember, he was taking me everywhere, picking me up from everywhere. So I was like, this was really, really strange to me. I was like, confused. (laughs) Well, my friends started to share their concern with me. Like, this guy's kind of controlling, you know? And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, you know? And they would even use the A word, abusive. And I would defend him. I would say, he's not abusive. Abusive men hit women. He's not hitting me. Until one day he did. And I still stayed. Until I didn't stay. And in my case, fortunately, it wasn't much longer after the physical hit occurred that I left. But people look at women in relationships like these and these abusive relationships and they ask, why did they stay? What would keep a person from leaving that kind of a relationship? A relationship where they're called names. A lot of abusers, you know, call their girlfriends or their partners, not much of a real partnership there, by the way, but they call them names. You know, they call them bad names. You know, why would somebody stay in a relationship where they're accused of doing things they really are not doing? Where, you know, why would, why did I, why did I stay in a relationship where my self-esteem Was really being eroded, not only by that man, but by myself. Because as much as he was accusing me of things and calling me names and being ugly toward me, I was really being negative to myself with my own self talk, with my shame. I had so much shame. I was just feeling like I was a bad person overall. And maybe I was getting. What I deserved. Now, I didn't have that conscious thought, but my behavior kind of suggested because I stayed, maybe my self esteem was in a place where I thought it wouldn't be any better than this. But people ask, and rightly so, why would somebody stay in a relationship with another human being where their physical, their social, their emotional health is in danger? My social health was in danger because friends were like backing off. Not only that, he didn't want me around any of my friends. I wasn't around my family anyway. I didn't live near them. So that was an issue. But a lot of times controlling people will separate you from their, you know, from your families. My physical health was in danger, not only because he was physically abusive, but because I was so upset and nervous and frightened and depressed that I wasn't eating right. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't sleeping well. And I was burning the candle at both ends, going to school, working, trying to be in this god-awful relationship. And of course, my emotional health was in danger because I was getting more and more depressed. I was developing this terrible eating disorder. So why do people stay in a relationship in which their lives may literally be in danger? What would keep a person from doing whatever it took to free themselves from that kind of existence? It's easy to wonder how in the world somebody could stay in a relationship like that with another human being. Because it's so unhealthy. It's clearly unhealthy. How could you stay? For sure, I completely understand people asking that. How could she stay? Why would she stay? Why would she keep herself in that situation? Have you ever wondered about the same thing about people who remain in an unhealthy relationship with food? In a relationship with food in which your self esteem is being eroded? How? Think about the names a person calls themselves. Think about how they degrade themselves. Think about how they shame themselves when they overeat, when they look in the mirror, when somebody else calls them some kind of a name. Their self-esteem is eroding. How, some people may wonder, could a person enslave themselves in such a negative relationship with food to the point where their physical, emotional, and social health is in danger? think about that. If you have a really unhealthy relationship with food, your physical health is in danger at some point because you're developing comorbidities. And if you're too young for that, there's a good possibility you will develop high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, neuropathy, sleep apnea, increased heart problems, You know, there's a lot of those things. So your physical health is in danger if you stay in a relationship with food that is super negative. What about your social health? How many people back away and shy away from engaging in a lot of the social activities that they used to do or that they would enjoy doing? But they're ashamed. They live in this world of secrecy and shame and wanting to hide. And what about your emotional health? when you're dissing on yourself, when you're calling yourself bad names, when other people are also doing that, doesn't that take a hit on your emotional health or you feel depressed maybe, or at some point maybe feel depressed or discouraged thinking this can never end? So, hmm, how can a person stay in such a relationship where their lives may literally be in danger? And that is directly correlated to the relationship. They have with food. What many people might think would keep a person from doing whatever it took to free themselves from such an existence? Do you get the parallel there, right? Have you ever thought about how eerily similar an unhealthy relationship with food might be to a really unhealthy relationship with another human being? Obviously, there are differences and we can nitpick about that all day, but there are enough commonalities there. One being, this is a a tough one, one being that no one besides our own self can do the work it takes to get out of an unhealthy relationship, whether it's with another person or whether it's with food. Nobody else can take the step to learn the skills it takes to have a healthy relationship with other people, with yourself, with food. That being said, I know for myself, I couldn't do it alone. And most of us need the help of others to get out of really unhealthy relationships. So in my case, when I decided that I was going to get out of this relationship, that unhealthy, abusive relationship in which he wasn't the only abuser. No way. I was abusing myself. By staying in that relationship, I was abusing myself. I was talking badly to myself. I was staying in the presence of physical danger. I remained in that relationship. I was afraid to get out of that relationship. I clearly needed the help of other people. And fortunately, I had that help available to me. I had friends who would let me stay at their house because I was living with that person. They would come. They would help me gather my things from out of that house in the place where I had lived with him. They would listen to me as I talked about it. And I listened to them. I started hearing their concerns for me. I started hearing what they saw that I was unwilling or unable to hear. So to be sure, right, I had taken a huge step toward improving my own health in every area of my life, socially, emotionally, physically, psychologically, spiritually, by getting out of that relationship by leaving. But that did not mean I knew how to have a healthy relationship. I just left a really unhealthy one. Great move to be sure but only a start so when i married the man to whom i, I point because he's in the other room to whom i've been married for the past 38 years which was only a short three years after i got out of that other relationship i still don't know how to have a very healthy relationship that came in time and that didn't just happen it happened because together we sought the help of professionals we went to a therapist we went to individual therapy. We went to couples therapy. We did a lot of self-education. I did a lot of reading about how to have a healthy relationship, how to have healthy communications. I went to workshops. You know, I did the old, we did the old trial and error things. It's like, well, let's try this. I read this in a book or a magazine or the therapist suggested it. So it was a matter of trial and error. But just leaving the unhealthy relationship did not leave me prepared to have a healthy relationship. So you have chosen to have weight loss surgery. And that is an amazing, wonderful, brilliant step in the direction toward wanting to improve your relationship with food. However, just like when I left that unhealthy relationship, I didn't automatically have the skills or the tools or the know-how or the knowledge to have a genuinely healthy relationship, not only with another person, but with myself. And for you, having the surgery doesn't really do anything to help you learn or provide you with the skills that you need to have in order to improve your relationship with food. That's a really important comparison there. Now, you may not be buying it, Or maybe you're like, oh my God, that is so true. I never thought of it that way before. But either way, I guarantee you in all these years I've worked in this field and all the people who have read me their letters, there's a huge comparison that's legit between having weight loss surgery as a start and getting out of an unhealthy relationship as a start. Now, you can't develop a healthy relationship with a, a spouse or another individual overnight, nor can you develop a healthy relationship with food overnight. It's something that literally, and as I spoke last time, I think I told you, it's been a journey for me for over 30 years to develop this healthy relationship with food on one hand in my life, because I've had a struggle and a very unhealthy relationship with food. But it's also something my husband and I have had to work on for the nearly 40 years That we've been married, right? Our entire lives, we work on developing a healthier and healthier relationship. And if you've been in any kind of a relationship for a really long time, like we have, there are ups and downs. There are periods of time when it's just like, my God, all the work we've done, has it done any good? And then we'll find a piece to bust through, something that's kept us stuck, increased awareness better understanding of where he came from or where I came from. And we put the pieces together and we advance forward. And that's kind of how it is with your relationship with food. You're going to make progress. And a lot of people think having the surgery is like, whoa, I made it. There I am. I have this great relationship with food, but you're going to find out over the course of the next couple of years when the weight loss surgery quit quits doing it what it does which is help you get their weight off that it's going to take you time practice patience just like any other relationship to continue to move forward and you may take two steps back three steps forward it doesn't matter you know as long as you're moving forward that's the goal something that's a prerequisite and a tough one for those of us who have had struggles in our relationships with ourselves, with food, with other people is that we have to develop a compassion for ourselves. So many of us have beaten up on ourselves for so long. And we talk to ourselves in such negative ways that we have to, we have to give ourselves permission to just say, you know what, no matter what it's been like in the past, no matter how I treated myself, I have to do this with the kind of compassion I would have for somebody else who's taking a really tough step forward in a long journey. I have to be kind about it. I have to be patient. And when you struggle with that, reach out to somebody who will give you that because this is really, really a difficult process. So what I would suggest is that you really... Stock up on, make sticky notes for, do whatever you have to do. Let people in your life into what you're doing so that you can remember that self-kindness and compassion are going to be really important as you work on improving your relationship with food. It's going to make the process a whole lot less painful. Now, I want to give you a visual. All right. Imagine that there's a rope and you're holding on tightly. To one end of the rope. Now think of me in my relationship, my abusive relationship. That guy was holding on to one end of the rope and I was holding on to one end of the rope. At any time in that relationship, either one of us could have let go and walked away. He wasn't doing it and I wasn't doing it. I clung on really, really tightly to that rope. I doubt he was going to drop that right and just walk away. But I could have I could have dropped my end of the rope anytime. What kept me holding on? Why did I hold on to that rope and keep myself just as tied into that relationship as he was? Now think about that same thing with food. All right, you are holding on to one end of this rope. the other one's over there tied to food and unconscious things that you don't know about yet and issues and psychological stuff, whatever. I don't care where that end is. You're holding this end. What keeps you clinging to that rope? What keeps you from dropping that rope and saying, I'm starting over with this relationship with food? What keeps you holding on? What keeps you from letting go of that rope that links you to that unhealthy relationship with food? I don't know. Maybe the answers are the same. For the person in the abusive relationship, one in a destructive relationship with food. I don't know. I held on to that rope in part because of fear. And I know the answer for a lot of you is I hold on because of fear. Because I've talked to so many of you. They're like, I don't know what life's going to be like without that relationship. I've had that relationship with food for so long. I don't know a life without that. So fear may be part of it. For me, part of it was the fear of being alone. Fear of not believing I could take care of myself. Fear of what he had told me, which was nobody's going to love me. Only he could love me. So I had that fear, right? Here's another thing. I had a fear, didn't understand it in these terms at that point in time. But looking back, I see that I had a fear of not having that relationship to focus all my, my worries and my anger and my energy and my, Oh my God, my chaos in my world. I had to have that relationship to focus on because if I didn't, maybe I'd have to look at myself. Maybe I'd have to look at the issues I had going on in my life that I didn't want to deal with, that I was afraid to look into, that was so frightening to me. This relationship was frightening, but my own reality and my own feelings were more frightening. So maybe... People hang on to their unhealthy relationship with food out of fear, fear of dealing with being lonely, fear of dealing with, I don't know, insecurity. Maybe they hold on because that constant focus on food, dieting, weighing, whatever, whatever, meal prepping, food network, whatever, maybe holding on to that and focusing on that while it's unpleasant isn't quite as scary as looking at what I might be facing. Maybe you have to deal with a bad relationship you're in currently, a bad marriage, struggles with your children, struggles with your parents, struggles at work, who knows. But maybe it's easier to stay focused on food and all of that because you've done that. You know how that works. Part of why I stayed in that relationship really had to do with a lack of self-esteem. I didn't really realize it at the time, but I <laughs> I was so filled with shame. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe I could do well at college. I didn't believe I could do well in a relationship. I didn't believe I could do well on my own because I didn't feel like I was good enough on the inside. Now I've worked in this field long enough also to know that pretty much most people who struggle with a, a weight issue or a uh, the disease of obesity or the social injustices related to those things carry a lot of shame. You might not be aware of it at this time, but I'm guessing that it's there because I've worked with so many people and I've been there myself, right? I carried shame. You probably carry shame. But if I could focus on this relationship, I could stay preoccupied and away from the feelings that I didn't like going on inside of myself. So it's possible. You know that the people who hold on to that rope in the unhealthy relationship with food, knowingly or unknowingly, are also struggling with self-esteem and self-efficacy, meaning they, they believe they can do this. They believe they can change it. Maybe they don't believe it, right? The chaos related to their diets, their forever struggle with food, their struggle with weight, all that stuff may provide a way to stay focused on that. And away from other issues that might need to be dealt with. So, in addition to having weight loss surgery, my hope is that you're ready to let go of the rope that you've been holding on to the one that keeps you in that stressful, chaotic relationship with food, the one that causes fear and anger and anxiety and turmoil, not just in your life, but I guarantee you, the people around you are also experience someone, experiencing some of those same feelings because of your relationship with food and for a lot of us like when I got into treatment it was because I didn't want the people in my life, my husband my children to suffer because of my unhealthy relationship with myself, my unhealthy relationship with food, my unhealthy relationship <coughs> excuse me with um, substances i was afraid to look within and i was hurting the people within my circle and i knew they deserved better so it wasn't initially for me that i did this but eventually it became about i get it i have to do this for myself i have to improve the relationship with myself i have to learn the skills to improve my self-esteem to deal with any past things that are lingering, to learn to accept my feelings and what to do with those rather than turn into food or alcohol or pills, right? So the same may be for you. And I hope that you're ready to let go of that rope, whether it's for yourself initially or for other people initially. But Let go, right? Too many people have weight loss surgery, but continue to hold on to that rope. And guess what? Of course, they lose the weight. That's what surgery does. But they hold on to that security rope. It's like a security blanket. The one that represents that ongoing battle with food. And so guess what? That war rages on. And when the surgery's done what the surgery does, you hold tighter to that rope. And then you get back all the craziness. You go on more diets. You search for another diet. You search for you know, the cure all over again and the war with food rages on, let go, let go of that rope, ask for help, ask for help and get ready to learn the skills that you need so that you don't need to stay in that unhealthy world. The skills, what skills am I talking about? The skills about improving your self-talk so that you can believe more in yourself, right? The skills needed to get through those difficult times when you're craving food, when you just want that food to make you feel better for just a minute, so that you can learn to get through the minute and the feeling and the emotion without reverting back to counting on food. So trust me, in this 38-year journey, That I've been on improving my relationship with myself, with my husband, with food, with substances. I've learned without a doubt that unless I improved what's going on in here, there wasn't going to be a whole lot of improvement out there. So, your relationship with yourself, in terms of being compassionate with yourself, having forgiveness for yourself, recognizing that you have strengths. You have to learn to speak your truth. You got to learn to trust yourself. And as you learn the skills to be able to do those things, as this relationship heals, that relationship with food will heal. And over time, not that it'll be smooth sailing forever and ever, because I still find myself turning to food, But it's a signal to me that something else is going on. This really isn't about food. So I have to go within and figure it out. But it's a win-win in every way. So we're going to start talking from here about the skills you need to improve this relationship with food so that you can loosen and eventually let go of that fierce grip. Think about that. Think about when you start focusing on a diet or isn't there an answer somewhere There are answers. There's not an answer. When you want to turn to food to feel better, when you want to turn to food because you don't want to deal with your marriage or you don't want to deal with whatever else, think about let go. Let go. Feel the fear. Find the people who will help you through the difficult time and know that you too can move on and have a healthier relationship with food with yourself with others it can happen so we've talked about what are these skills you know we've been talking about them in each of the and i've got to do them, and that's one of the skills <clears throat> in each of the very aftercare podcasts and each of the very aftercare live talks you know and if you want to if you want to get access to the talks you've missed because the podcast is one of two talks every week, but you can get the other one by signing up for Barry Aftercare at barryaftercare.com. But we've talked about some of the skills and we're going to continue to talk about the skills. It's the, it's the meaningful matters and asking if I do this, will it move me closer to or further from letting go of that rope that keeps me bound to food craziness? Right? Will it lead me to where I want to be a healthier relationship with food or it will lead me back to crazy relationship with food? So the God of Dooms, engaging in them and actually following through with them, but also learning healthy self-talk. That's a real important skill in this journey. Developing compassion, God forbid, not only for other people because you have super compassion for other people and you're kind to other people. How about for yourself? How about learning to set boundaries? You know, how about learning what skills work for you? For some people, no foods need to be off limits. For other people, some foods do need to be off limits. If you've got a severe allergy to a food, I suggest that's an off limits food for you. Or if you have a food that is going to set you back emotionally or take you back and hook you into a sugar coma, you might want to you know, set some boundaries with those foods. But for you, all foods may be an option. Finding what works for you and recognizing that there is no one way for people to improve their relationship. There is a way that's going to work better for you than is going to work for somebody else. But we are here to try to figure out what's going to work best for you, to help you take these skills and say, all right, the skill of boundaries, what's going to work best for me? Or the skill of compassion. You know, am I going to go too far with compassion for other people and not have the same, you know, benefit of compassion for myself? What's it going to be? Accountability. Awareness. Absolutely. We have to continue to develop the skill of awareness because it's only with awareness that things can change, right? The four aces. So we're going to talk about all kinds of tools over the whole year. Some of them are going to be you know, directly related to coping skills that you can use, as we've talked, to get through a situation where you're having a craving or you are just stressed and you want to turn to food to get you through that. So you can go on to using other skills to develop insight and awareness at a deeper level. So we're going to have coping skills. We're going to have insight skills. We're going to have how do I improve the relationship with me skills. It's all going to work toward developing a healthy relationship with food. Start to be aware when you hold tight to that, to that rope that keeps you tied into an unhealthy relationship with food. And you'll know it because you'll be all food centered, not living centered. So I'm going to kind of wrap up for today and we're going to go on on Thursday, to talk about improving the beginnings, the tools, the things that we're going to develop and add to our skill set all year long so that we can not only improve that relationship with food, which is critical, but also improve the relationship with ourselves. And these things will happen simultaneously. So don't worry about that. The other thing that will flow from that is an improved relationship with other people. Because as you're less stressed and focused about food and what you just ate and feeling guilty about it, you're going to be easier to be around. You're going to be more pleasant to be around. As your relationship with food becomes easier, your relationships with others will become easier. I guarantee it. So trust the process. Trust the process. So many people have done this and are living a healthier life. You can do it too. Start reminding yourself of that through your self-talk. All right. Think about it. I had a very unhealthy relationship with a man. I now have a very healthy relationship with a man. Not perfect, but a whole lot better than it was 38 years ago because we've worked with compassion, sometimes with a lot of frustration, sometimes with patience, sometimes without without patience, but with the absolute determination to keep moving forward, even when we took two steps back. You can do it too, and I'll walk the journey with you. All right? So I will see you next time. If you have any questions, please always feel feel free to email me at cstapletonphd at gmail.com. And please, I do ask you to tag this post, whether it's, you know, to, to post the podcast and tag some of your friends who might benefit from it too. They don't have to be having weight loss surgery to benefit from this information. But together, we can work to help one person at a time, one day at a time. Keep in mind it's your health. It's your responsibility this day and every day. And I will see you later this week. Make it a great one, y'all. I'm so Southern now. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Very Aftercare, the podcast. The information shared on this podcast is considered psychoeducation and does not constitute therapy or a therapeutic relationship. Be sure to check out all the great information I provide, much of it free, by visiting my website at www.connystapletonphd.com. Be sure to leave your positive comments for this podcast and listen in next week to learn more ways to live your best post-op life.